Hey, this is Nathan from the Storage Papers. Stay tuned after the episode for a trailer of a podcast we think you'd enjoy. My name is Mark Anderson, and you're listening to Unwanted Places. Hello again, in case you forgot what happened before. Every night on a crescent moon, I would see flashes of a man and hear that awful voice stuck in its eternal scream. Somehow, I managed to simply exist for a few more years, but sometime after my 15th birthday, I left everything behind. I'd never so much as kissed a boy, but I didn't even realize until I met Meredith why that was the case. With an impish grin, she climbed out of the window, grabbed my hand, and pulled me into the rest of my life. Of course, it was only a matter of time until the town's long shadow found me. I closed my eyes and when I opened them, Meredith was kneeling beside me. The worry in her eyes was palpable, and as the screaming in my head faded to a more bearable volume, I realized I was going to have to share a part of myself with her that I had, until that night, assumed was dead and buried. She could have reacted any number of ways. She could have scoffed dismissively, she could have made fun, she could even have left me. Instead, she accepted my words without question. Once I finished telling her about the house built on nightmares, we sat in silence. Well, she sat in silence for a full minute. I still had that scream in my head. This is the first time it's happened since you left, she asked. I looked at her and nodded. She searched my eyes as if trying to locate my memories herself. Finally, she said the words I knew to be true, but dreaded. You have to go back, she said. I shook my head, tears blurring my vision. I can't, I told her. I just can't. She nodded and held me, gently stroking my hair as I cried. But my insistence carried no weight. Because she was right. I had to go back. I had to face my parents, my dear sister, your mother, Consuela. And I had to face the demons in that house who had sunk their teeth into me all those years ago. That Saturday, she took my hand just as she had the first night we kissed and stayed by my side as we traveled back to that small town your mother and I were born in. She smiled and told me she looked forward to meeting my family. I tried to return the smile but found myself unable to muster anything more than a slight twitch at the corner of my mouth. The idea of going back was nerve-wracking partly because I had left so suddenly and on such unusual terms with everyone, 
but also because the voice in my head had not stopped screaming and I was going to its source. I found myself rubbing my temple more often than not on the trip back home. Meredith would squeeze my hand whenever she noticed. She was my tether to sanity on that journey. It took quite a while to arrive. Darkness was rapidly taking over the sky. As we entered the town, I saw a man in my peripheral vision. He was almost a shadow of a man, a flicker of black against a darkening landscape. I felt his anger and malice more than I saw him. When I turned to look, however, he was gone. Meredith asked me what I was looking at when it happened again. My peripheral vision became crowded with flashes of different men just outside my focus. I told her I couldn't explain it and she left it at that. Should we go to the house right away? Meredith asked me. I shook my head. I owe my parents an explanation. I need to see them first. As we trudged towards my childhood home, I realized more and more that not a single thing had changed since I fled from my nightmares so many years ago. There were still two planks of wood nailed over the busted window of the general store. The lamppost outside the Harris's home was still skewed to such a ridiculous angle that it was more surprising to see it up after so long. The worn paths led nowhere new. The one store that was also a post office, the one church that was also a school, the dozens of homes, and the mines. It was certainly a change of pace from the hundreds of thousands of people in San Diego, that's for sure. Anxiety paralyzed me as we approached my home. It wasn't until Meredith gave me another squeeze that I was able to push through it, but I still felt sick to my stomach as we drew closer. I raised a hand to knock, fist hovering over the old wood door. I couldn't do it. Meredith took matters into her own hands, reaching past me to knock instead. I turned to admonish her, but the door opened before I could. Consuela stood there, mouth agape. And who could blame her? I'd been a ghost for so long now. Then I noticed her eyes were red and swollen like she had been crying and my stomach dropped. I looked past her into the house, but nobody else was there. Where are mother and father? I asked. It shouldn't have been the first words out of my mouth, but this whole situation shouldn't have happened either. She blew her nose on her sleeve, then met my gaze with cold eyes. The mark took them last night. My head started to swim. There's no way to describe the feelings you get when a parent dies. Numb. Sick. Anger. Regret. Pain is the one that sticks around the longest, though. I heard Meredith speak, but she sounded far away. She asked what Consuela meant about the mark. My eyes registered movement and for a moment I was able to focus on my sister as she lifted her shirt. 
to reveal a black, crescent-shaped mark on her stomach. It looked like a deep bruise and the skin was red around it. I covered my mouth as I remembered the story I had been told on that fateful night. It's the spirits of the disturbed, I heard myself say. Consuela got visibly angry, her body shaking. This is a sickness, nothing more. And it's been taking us all one by one. Even the old man you used to talk about is gone now. So enough. Enough of your stories. How have you not grown up in all this time? You know, I spent so long looking for you. I thought you were dead. I knew it. Because there was no way, absolutely no way, in heaven or hell that my sister Lola would leave me in this place without so much as a goodbye. She was right. I knew there was no defense for my actions, but I also knew that there was a more urgent matter if I didn't want to lose my sister like I lost my parents. If what she said was true, that explained everything. I had asked the old man what would happen when he couldn't do the ritual anymore. This was the answer, and I had no time to waste. I turned and headed to the outskirts of town, back to the house built on nightmares. Consuela called out after me as Meredith followed. So that's it? You're just going to leave me again? Well, good. I don't want to spend my last days with someone like you. You hear me? Don't come back here again, Lola. Just go. Despite my state of numbness, the words stung. Although we've made some amends over time, they still hurt to recall. But like I said before, Pain tends to stay with you longer than it should. Whether she believed me or not, whether she forgave me or not, I had to save her life. We trudged in silence. I hadn't noticed before just how quiet it was. I couldn't help but wonder how many people had died already. There was a shadow figure outside of every home. I couldn't see them but I could feel them. There was so much hatred. We finally reached the house. It, like the rest of the town, was exactly like I had remembered. I'm sure it didn't seem like it to Meredith who hadn't seen it stayed as a child, but time had not brought any further damage to it. I stepped onto the porch, glancing back to find Meredith hadn't moved. Are you coming? I asked then quickly added, You don't have to. In fact, you probably shouldn't. She gave me a weak smile. Sorry, my stomach was hurting for a moment, but I'll be fine. She joined me in front of the flimsy metal door. I told you I wanted to see all the things this world has to offer. You couldn't keep me away from this place if you tried. 
I grabbed the rope handle as I replied gravely, This isn't of this world. She placed her hand on my shoulder and whispered, Neither is your body, love. I wanted to laugh. I couldn't in the moment, but now those words never cease to make me smile. Sometimes when I feel lonely, I whisper them to myself and it's all that I need. I opened the door and stepped inside, the wood floor sighing beneath me. Meredith stepped in beside me and the door slammed itself shut. She jumped and turned around. I just listened for the wind chime. This story will continue in the next episode. And now for a trailer of a podcast we think you'd enjoy. This week, enjoy Your Horror Show, a horror anthology podcast. If you've stumbled onto this station, don't attempt to adjust your device. My name is Mr. Graves, and I'll be your gateway to the sounds of the macabre. Get back or I'll shoot! I did what I had to do. Every two weeks, we'll have new terror-filled tales that will have you afraid to turn the lights off. Not too many folks want to stay somewhere that someone was found dead. I wanted to scream, but I knew I couldn't. What was that? Jeffries isn't here. Join me in our cast of victims for the scariest program of your life. Your Horror Show. Premiering July 25th on all podcast platforms. Listen if you dare. <laughs> <laughs>